right, one poll took a uh, study, a survey, on behalf of American Life, which is an insurance company, and asked people about their financial situation. All right, so seven in 10 Americans say they are living paycheck to paycheck, which is a disaster. If you're living paycheck to paycheck, you have no freedom. You have no options. You're in trouble. 70%. Do I believe that stat? No. I think it's about 50%. But people will, you know, they'll say things in these surveys. 63% do not think they'll reach a level of financial security in their lifetimes. It's up to you. It's up to you whether you reach financial security or not. It's how you live, how you manage your money, how smart you are. It's up to you. All right. And on average, respondents feel they would need $686 of disposable income every month to feel financially comfortable. That's income after mortgage and rent paid, food bills are paid, insurance is paid, whatever it may be. $686 in cash. All right. Then they would feel good. That's a survey. So this is very important what I'm going to tell you right now. It is not hard to earn money in America. In fact, it is easier to earn money here than any other country in the world. Because we have a population of 330 million people, most of whom consume things. All right. So there is a tremendous flow of supply and demand. But in order to make money, you have to know something. All right? You can't be dumb. You can't. If you're dumb, you're not going to make any money. You have to either know a lot and have some vision of what's happening so you can help your employer or start a business yourself, or you have to develop a skill. So if you can fix something, you can make money, good money, okay? It's not hard to make money, which is why millions of foreign nationals are crossing into America illegally every year, because it's easier to make money here, even if you don't know the language, even if you have no skill. If you work hard, you can make money. All right, so that's true. But if you have no discipline, and if you don't understand that money doesn't isn't there so you can buy a Ferrari. It's there so you can acquire freedom. The more money you have, the more options you have. If you want to move out of an oppressive situation, if you have money, you can. If you don't have money, you can't. If you want to take a couple of breaks a year and go on vacation to clear your mind, okay, you can if you have money. You can't if you don't. If you want to eat healthy food so you live longer, you can if you have money. You can't if you don't. You have to eat fast food garbage that will put you in the grave early. That's what it's all about. Is this taught in our nation's public schools? No, it isn't. All right? It's not taught at all. Life is hard. The government is not going to make it easier for you. The only person who can protect you in this life is you. So wise up, get as educated as you can, develop a skill, and you'll make money. You won't have to live paycheck to paycheck. And then when you do make money, you save it. You don't waste it on cocaine or whatever the hell else is floating around. 
My father said to me, you save 10% of everything you make every week. And I did. I didn't listen to him very much, but I listened to him on that. From the time I was shoveling snow, 10% went in the bank of every check I ever got or every cash I ever got. All right. That's important. Because prices are rising, all items in the USA, everything we need to buy up 7%, going higher. Food up 6%. Energy up 30%. 30% it's up. Energy, gas, heating, air conditioning, 30%, going higher. Why? Biden has lost control of the economy. That's why. Didn't have this under Trump, did we? CNN, New York Times, did we? Most important thing Trump did in office in his four years was get the economy working for the American people. That is it. That was his master achievement. Okay. You know the stats. You know your own personal situation. Ukraine. So Putin's not going to do anything until after the Olympics because he's pals with Xi now, and he's not going to disrupt the Chinese exposition by invading Ukraine until that's all over. And the Olympics are a disaster, by the way, because of COVID, because of China, they're a disaster. Next week, I'll analyze it further, but it's just not coming together. But anyway, if Putin invades Ukraine, Biden says he's going to slap economic sanctions on Russia that will crush their economy. And the main sanction would be to shut down this Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Go. If, uh, if Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the, uh, the, the border of Ukraine uh, again, then uh, there, will be, uh, we, there will be no longer a Nord Stream 2. We, we will bring an end to it. What do, what, how, will you, how will you do that exactly? since the project and control of the project is within Germany's control? We will, uh, I promise you, we'll be able to do it. Okay, Biden doesn't know how he's going to do it. All right, if he knew, he he would have told a reporter, here's how we're going to do it. I know. Hello? Put the map of the uh, Nord Stream pipeline up there. Okay, so you see that the natural gas, and that's what this is all about, Uh, emanates in Russia and then goes through the Baltic Sea into Germany. Okay, see that? Most of the pipeline is in international waters. Remember, it's a 12-mile water uh, barrier to each country. Beyond 12 miles is international. So it shows up in Germany, and then it gets distributed throughout Europe. There is the Nord Stream pipeline. Now, there are two ways you can stop it. Number one, come back to me, please. Um, Germany cannot open the pipeline. Remember, it's not flowing now. This will start at the end of 2022. So Germany just simply won't open it. And that's what Biden is trying to convince the Germans to do. And really, the Germans would have to do that or they get booted out of NATO. All right. If Germany's not going to cooperate on the economic sanctions against Putin, they're going to get fired from NATO. Okay, that's what have to happen. So Germany's in a tough spot, needs the energy, but doesn't want to get ostracized. 
So that's number one. Number two, you could send seals into that pipeline in international waters and just blow the hell out of it. Now, that would be an act of war, and that would be ultra-serious, but that could happen. I don't think it will happen, but it might. But the President of the United States doesn't know, but he promises that he'll do it. Now, I have to say, to be fair, and you know me, I am a fair man. I asked Donald Trump about this because he said the same thing in the history tour. Uh, I said, anyway, how are you going to stop that? And he said, as he always does, oh, I'm not going to tell you, but I know how to do it. But if I tell you that, will signal to Putin, and then he might do something. Okay, that's, that's what Trump said. But I laid out the options to you. And that's what they are. Joe Rogan. Okay, I don't live in this world. I, uh, he's a guy that made his name by being an ultimate fighting guy. And then he became a UFC color commentator. So he's tied in. That's his base. That's Rogan's base. And that's huge. That ultimate fighting thing is enormous. I don't watch it. I don't care about it. I don't know Joe Rogan. I've never watched his podcast. Okay, I'm very, very busy. Everything is expensive these days. You know that the government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its free fall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Now, I do know that he's extraordinarily successful. He has the most watched podcast in the world, and that's impressive. So whatever he's doing is working on the podcast level. He does three to four episodes a week out of Austin, Texas. They average two hours and 34 minutes, if you can believe it. I mean, you got 45 minutes with me. He gives two hours and 34 minutes on average. Could go longer. And he has big, huge names um, on his program. And as I said, he did very, very well. Now, a company called Spotify carries him all over the world. And now people are trying to get Rogan thrown off Spotify for two reasons. Okay, number one, he brought on a guy named Dr. Malone, who you've seen on Fox News as well, who is dubious about the government's combating COVID. And Malone is a controversial guy. All right. And Rogan pretty much let Malone say what he wanted to say, and didn't really have a counter to it. So that angered the left. 
particularly the far left, Neil Young and Crosby, Sills and Nash and uh, Joni Mitchell, all these all these music people who whose material are on Spotify. They said, no, we're not going to do Spotify anymore. We hate Joe Rogan. Kick him off because he's uh, not doing the responsible thing with COVID, number one. And then number two, somebody dug up some N-word stuff that Rogan said. Okay, I, I mean, you know. You can dig up stuff on anybody, but you shouldn't say the N-word. And I know that the rappers say it, and I, I, but I, you shouldn't say it. Rogan apparently said it. He's apologized for saying it. Okay, I didn't get too deep into that. I don't really care very much about it. What I do care about is the argument about free speech. So joining us now from Cherry Hill, New Jersey, is Steve Lubikin, who is the co-author of the book, The Business of Podcasting, How to Take Your Podcasting Passion. From personal to the professional, wow! I don't, I don't, I don't do, I don't call this a podcast. This is a broadcast. We're an independent news agency here. Maybe I am a podcast and don't even know it, <laughs> but we're, we distribute through you know our own uh, corporation, BillOReilly.com, and then through the First TV and through WABC Radio and, and all of that. But anyway, um, I'm not in this world. Why, Steve, is Rogan on the outs with the far left? I assume the far left is trying to get him canceled. Why? Well, you know, Bill, I think one of the problems is that we live in an age where um, expertise and celebrity and um, facts are colliding. Um, We have people who are celebrities who are given a level of authority that maybe they don't necessarily deserve. And this is people on both both ends of the political spectrum, Um, people who are celebrities who may not be uh, experts or knowledgeable about the topics they talk about. Now, Rogan has admitted uh, that he's not an expert and he's said some very unflattering things about himself, frankly, in some of the articles that I've read. Um, And that's not a bad thing for a host to okay. be uh, I understand that Joe Rogan is, is a fighting guy and that's his base. Whoopi Goldberg is a good example of a celebrity who has a uh, platform on a news program with ABC and who doesn't know much about history, to be kind. Okay, But somebody is trying to cancel Rogan. Okay, And I got canceled and I know exactly the groups that did it. They were paid to do it. But I don't know who's trying to cancel Rogan. Do you know? I don't. But I think the important thing to understand about Rogan and the difference between what Rogan is doing and what other podcasters do is he has an exclusive arrangement with Spotify where Spotify is paying him an enormous amount of money. The number that I've seen is about $100 million a year. Um, And that brings with it some responsibility. And it's okay to be... Uh, skeptical or unknowledgeable about the topics and to bring people on to explore those topics and educate yourself from, say, a base of zero. But uh, you need to bring on people who are responsible. And I think part of the issue has been he hasn't brought on people who are responsible or uh, who represent the mainstream of scientific knowledge. And, and that's right. where I, I, the I issue comes up. I agree with you. If you're going to bring on somebody who says things about COVID, which is a life or death threat, and those things are out of the mainstream, then you have a responsibility to bring on someone else to balance. And I think that is a great point. And Joe Rogan 
should do that. Second point, he's not making $100 million a year. He's not making anything close to that. So people should know when they read and hear that kind of nonsense to just put it aside. That's all PR. That's all stuff. But he is making more money than anyone else in the podcast world. And I appreciate you being honest that you don't know who's trying to take him down. That is the key question here. And I don't know either. I'd like to know. I'm trying to find out. But there is an organized concern. All right. I'm using that like an organized cabal trying to destroy this man because he is powerful. He reaches so many people. But I don't know who it is. But believe me, this is not what they call organic. All right. Yes, he made a mistake with the COVID thing in the sense that he didn't balance it out. And yes, he might have said some bad words that you shouldn't ever say. But there's more to it than this. Or do you disagree with that? I think that the the real issue here is um, Spotify for as a platform uh, for most podcasters is a um, an entry point to small audiences, but when, and it, and it regards itself as a, uh, a neutral platform that anybody can be on it and they don't want to get involved in censorship. But the issue is when they're paying someone like Rogan for exclusive content, they have a level of responsibility. Your, your broadcasting company has a level of responsibility. The cable networks, the, the broadcast networks all have a level of responsibility for the accuracy of what goes out on their yeah, platform. Yeah, but nobody, nobody cares about that. CNN isn't responsible. MSNBC isn't a responsible news agency. It's a joke. They say whatever they want for their own. You can say the same thing about Fox, too. I mean, you, you might know. say the same thing about Fox, but it's a little bit different story over at Fox. Because there is much more diversity in the presentation over there than there is on the other two. But Spotify is out of Sweden, correct? Uh, I believe Spotify Spotify is out of Sweden. They're out of Sweden, okay? And they want to make money. That's all. Who doesn't? They don't care about fairness. They don't care about anything. Since they're not going to dump Rogan. Because Rogan well, is no, a of course not. cow. They're not. They're making too much not. money off them. But they are under pressure from these unforeseen people, and that is the crux of this story. Last word. See, I think the danger is that he has such a large audience of people who passionately follow him and passionately believe in him. And if he's delivering information to them that is not accurate and could harm them or even take their lives because they're getting misinformation about healthcare issues, that's something he needs to address. I, I agree. I'm going to try to, I got a book coming out, uh, Killing the Killers in May. I'm going to try to link up with uh, uh, Rogan. Uh, he's an Irish guy. Maybe we'll talk, <laughs> talk about uh, Guinness. I don't know. But uh, I don't know if he'd even want me on his podcast because it would certainly be a different thing than he's used to. Um, but I, I admire his success. And I think you do too, uh, looking at your book. I mean, this guy, um, not formally educated, has become what they call an influencer all over the, U- all over the world, not just America. So I admire that. Okay, Steve, thanks very much for helping us out. Ottawa. You ever been there? Ottawa, I have not been there. I've been to Montreal, been to Quebec, been to uh, Vancouver on the west coast of Canada, been to Calgary. I've been to Ottawa. Anyway, 
Truckers angry with vaccination mandates have shut down the capital of Canada, Ottawa. And now there is a state of emergency. Nobody knows where Trudeau is. He ran away. See, Ottawa being the state capital, Trudeau lives there, but Trudeau bolted. He's in an undisclosed location. So truckers, thousands and thousands of them, don't want to be told they have to get vaccinated. Okay? And so they shut down the city. Um, And the reason that this is happening is obviously the truckers don't want to be limited. They don't, if they have to come to the United States, they have to show the vax. So they're also protesting if it's USA too, but they can't shut down the USA. They can shut down Ottawa at the Olympics. COVID is just, I know I'm not watching the Olympics. I'm sorry. I tried a couple of times. I just can't get through it. Anyway, 363 people, involved with the Beijing Olympics, have tested positive for COVID so far. And some big-name athletes, too. And then the ones that are quarantined say they can't get any food. They don't have any food. The Chinese are giving them garbage to eat. <laughs> Doesn't this remind you of the 1936 Olympics in Germany? If you're not familiar with that, a man named Jesse Owens humiliated Adolf Hitler. Humiliated him. And Jesse Owens, tremendous African-American athlete, great story. And this with this 36 uh, Olympics in Germany with Hitler strutting around, this reminds me of Xi in China. All right, here's a big political story of the weekend. Ready? So it's Mike Pence versus Donald Trump. And it's the same old story that has been going on for a year and three months the 2020 election. Donald Trump believes it was fraudulent and he has a right to hold that belief, as do you if you go along with him. You have a a right to that opinion. But Trump carried it further and demanded that Vice President Pence not certify the electoral votes that the states handed in. Pence said, I don't have the power to do that, and reiterated that on uh, Friday, February 4th. Go. But there are those in our party who believe that, as the presiding officer over the joint session of Congress, that I possess unilateral authority to reject electoral college votes. And I heard this week that President Trump said I had the right to overturn the election. But President Trump is wrong. I had no right to overturn the election. All right. So that is the vice president's opinion clearly stated. Now, on January 6th, 2021, all right, while all hell was breaking loose in Washington, D.C., I said this. Mike Pence did not have the power to do that. Only the Supreme Court does. All right. The vice president of the United States, according to our Constitution, is a facilitator. All right. He presents the arguments about certifying or not certifying the electoral votes. He doesn't make unilateral decisions about what happens in the states. 
That has never happened. It never will happen. It is clearly unconstitutional. And that is true. Now, we have posted on BillOReilly.com a very thorough article, and I don't have time to do it here, and it's a bit complex, okay? But a very thorough article laying out what the Constitution actually says, okay? And the vice president does not have the power to overturn the will of the electors of the state. Okay. Now, if Pence did that, and here's the irony of this whole thing, if Mike Pence had said, no, 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 I agree with Donald Trump, I do have the power to stop the electoral count because of alleged fraud, it instantly would have gone to the Supreme Court like Gore v. Bush did. The Supreme Court, I believe, would have ruled 9-0 that Pence did not have the power to stop the electoral vote count. Now, that's speculation on my part, but I know how the justices ruled, and I saw how Justice Alito, the second most conservative judge on the court, oversaw the Pennsylvania vote. It was quite clear that Alito was sympathetic to any allegations of fraud, but you had to prove them. And proof was not forthcoming. So Alito said, I'm not going to intervene in Pennsylvania. Okay. So if that had happened and Pence had said, nope, not certifying the election, boom, next day in the Supreme Court, and they would have ruled against President Trump. And that would have taken him out of politics forever. Isn't this interesting? If he had gotten whacked by the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court would have been scathing in its opinion. That would have doomed Donald Trump for any future political run. But because that did not happen, you can make a case, and a good one, that Mike Pence saved Donald Trump for another run because Trump does want to go for president in 2024. Okay? I think that's fair coverage. Uh, again, BillOReilly.com has the article if you want to read it. And it is a very good piece. So the Super Bowl has always been a family-friendly venue. It is the most lucrative entertainment venue in the world. And it is worldwide. So that people watching the football game and the halftime show in particular get a big dose of American culture. So it used to be Paul McCartney and Prince, Rolling Stones, Michael Jackson, the artists who were very, very popular in the mainstream of America at the time anyway, um, were featured at the Super Bowl halftime show. In the beginning, it was like up with people. I mean, it, you know, but it evolved into a huge event. But this coming Sunday, we have a very different halftime show. Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Eminem, and others in the hip-hop rap world will perform. So my question is why? What binds Snoop, Dr. Dre, and Eminem together is that some of their lyrics encourage violence against American police officers. And there's no doubt about it. I've got them quoted in my column. You want to see them? There they are. I don't want to be using the terrible words that those people used here during this broadcast, but you could see it on uh, BillOReilly.com. 
So Roger Goodell, who makes the final call on this, the commissioner of the National Football League, he knows this. And he's a rich white guy, as are all the owners of the football teams in the NFL. They're all rich, fat cat, white guys. So why do they want to put on entertainers who have made tens of millions of dollars by disparaging and threatening the police? Why? And have you heard about this from the other broadcasts, from the Washington Post, from the New York Times? No. So you may remember back in 2006, I believe it was, I had a uh, controversy with Pepsi about them endorsing Ludacris, another rapper. And I said, look, this guy is harming children with his lyrics. And to this day, that has not stopped. That immature, unsupervised children who listen to rap and hip hop lyrics that espouse violence and drug use are harmed by those lyrics. And if you don't know that, you're a moron because they are. And they adopt mannerisms. You can see it. So why would these millionaire white guys want to feature this at the Super Bowl halftime show? Two reasons. They want to be cool and they want to be woke. And above all, they don't want to be accused, as the NFL is right now, of being racist. And we will deal with that on Wednesday with Stephen A. Smith. I'll just give you an outline later on in the broadcast tonight. Um, but there is a lawsuit against the NFL by a former coach that says the league is racist. And so now we have to like, throw these guys on to show we're not racist or something. But what about the police? What are they supposed to think? So this is really terrible. It really is terrible. And the reason the media doesn't even talk about it is they don't want to be deemed racist. I know I'm going to be accused of being a racist. I mean, my whole life it's been that. If I speak honestly about race, I'm a racist. That intimidates everybody, all the broadcasters. They don't want to get near it. Trust me, I know. So there's nothing we can do. You don't have to watch it. I mean, I'm, I have to watch it because I have to report on it. And I'd watch the Super Bowl game anyway. I'm a football fan. I'm not a fan of the NFL, okay? I don't believe that they are looking out for you or me or any American. And again, stuff goes all over the world. People are going to see this. Now, are they going to curse and are they going to threaten the police at the Super Bowl halftime show? No. Even the NFL will draw that line. But that's the reason they're there in the first place. And there are so many other talented groups. What about Earth, Wind, and Fire? Why couldn't they be there? They're classic legends. What about the Doobie Brothers? 50 years. Michael McDonald's back. I could give you 10 more. That would deliver a solid halftime show. But they wouldn't be woke and cool. You know, too many white people. I guess Eminem is the token white guy here. But he's more vile than some of the others. So it is really, you know, it makes me sad for my country that the biggest thing America has, the Super Bowl, goes out with this attached to it. It's wrong. It's wrong on every level. And, you know, if you want to write a letter to Roger Goodell in New York City, that might be worthy. Don't curse at him. Don't do anything like that. Don't threaten him. Just say you're disappointed. 
I mean, maybe if the guy got a million or two million letters, he wouldn't do it again. Because this is really bad. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Did you ever hear the name Montez Lee? There he is. Montez Lee just got sentenced to 10 years in a federal penitentiary. You know why? He set the Maxit pawn shop in Minneapolis on fire during the George Floyd riots. Okay? Inside that pawn shop was 30-year-old Oscar Lee Stewart, who was burned to death. Okay? Now, instead of charging Mr. Lee, put his picture back up there, please, with manslaughter, the federal government did not. And in fact, Lee could have gotten 20 years for the arson charge, but was given half that by the judge. Why? Because the prosecutor, that's enough of Lee, um, a man named Thomas Calhoun Lopez, this is a U.S. attorney, said, quote, general deterrence appears to be of limited relevance given the passions and historical forces at work in the crime, which means that Lee is getting a pass, according to this U.S. attorney, because he participated in the Floyd riots. How outrageous is that? Enter Senator Tom Cotton from Arkansas, who says, hey, this is wrong and wants an explanation from Attorney General Merrick Garland, who supervises all the U.S. attorneys. And I think that should be forthcoming. Okay? Now, um, the judge who sentenced Lee to half of what he should have gotten, remember, guy died here from the arson at the set, was Judge Wilhelmina Wright, a Barack Obama appointed liberal judge. Okay? So the fix is in. The fix is in here. So what does Merrick Garland think? Biden doesn't know anything about it, of course, but Gar- 
Garland knows. And so Cotton is demanding answers and good for him. Did you know about that story? You'd never hear about that story. CNN. Um, they're now hiring non-liberals. Oh, what a surprise. So Jeff Zucker's out. It wasn't about his affair or whatever he was doing. Had nothing to do with it. Okay. The new owners, Discovery, uh, who are taking over CNN, realize that CNN is in desperate trouble. Ratings-wise, no one watches it. And they, Zucker's the reason. So now, Zucker's gone. They appointed three people to take his place. None of those people are capable of running the network. They're all bureaucrats. They'll appoint somebody when they take over. Discovery will. But in the meantime, they, you know Chris Wallace went over there. A woman named Sarah Isker, okay, she's hired. She uh, was a spokesperson for the Trump uh, Department of Justice. And they hired Jonah Goldberg, who used to be a Fox commentator. He quit Fox. And he's a conservative. They hired him. And there'll be more. Okay? Because they know, they being Discovery, the new owners, that going so far left and corrupting the news gathering process, which Jeff Zucker did, and there's no doubt he did it, has led to disaster. So now they're trying to get some balance back. But here's the interesting part of this. The people who work for CNN now are outraged this is happening. They hate it. They loved Zucker. Why did they love Zucker? Because he didn't care about ratings. See, when I was at Fox, we were the dominant. The factor was the dominant number one show and wasn't even close. But to get there, I had to build a show and I wiped out Larry King. Remember Larry King on CNN? He used to be the highest rated show on cable. We wiped him off the planet. They fired King. CNN did. Because his ratings are going down and my ratings are going up. Okay, and then they brought in Piers Morgan. Remember him? And Morgan lasted a year or so or maybe a little bit more. And they fired Morgan. Why? Because his ratings were terrible. But when Zucker took over, ratings didn't matter anymore. You could you had the lowest ratings in the world and you wouldn't get fired if you were a committed leftist. If you towed Zucker's line. Well, that leads to a lot less profit. And Discovery is paying hundreds of billions for CNN. It wants profit. But these people are screaming, the ones on the air over there, what is terrible? What did you do to Jeff Zucker? My prediction, 50% of on-air personnel at CNN today will not be there in six months. Gone. And they know it. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here is the final thought of the day on Friday. I did not see it. Uh, where was I Friday? I'm doing something. But I watch Jeopardy occasionally, and I have to tell you I'm not the best at it. I should be, but I'm not. Um, but it's a great show, and it's an American tradition. So on Friday, they had a $5,000 question. Go. Of books and authors, 2000 please. There's a daily double with an opportunity to move up even more. How much would you like to wager? Uh, 2000 please. For 5000 if you're correct, here's your clue. Bill O'Reilly subtitled this 2012 alliterative bestseller, The End of Camelot. Got nothing. Sorry. What is Killing Kennedy? Molly. Alliterate. Um, bestseller. End of Camelot. Should have known that. Even if you didn't read it. So this is the third time we have appeared on Jeopardy. Um, the first time was May 1st, 2017. The clue for 200 under the book of verbs, blank the rising sun by Bill O'Reilly and Martin Dugard. And of course, that would be killing. Then on July 25th, 2019, clue for 1,000 under TV spinoffs. Here's a bit of truthiness. This show started as a bit on The Daily Show that parodied Bill O'Reilly. What is the answer? The Colbert Report. I'm partially responsible for that guy. I may go to purgatory for that. <laughs> so this is very flattering, I, I have to say. Now, I, I, when, I wasn't friends with Alex Trebek, but I knew him for so long because the company that distributes Jeopardy! King World distributed a show that I anchored called Inside Edition. So Alex and I would get, um, you know, be in certain places for promotion. He was really a good guy. I got to tell you, you know, everybody says that when you die. And I got to say about me, but, you know, nice guys like Alex. But he really was. He was a very smart guy and very well read guy. And he loved the killing books. And that's why I got, you know, the first two on. But this one, uh, we were happy to see it, and uh, it's a lot of fun. You know, the culture, uh, we can, somebody mentioned Culture Warrior, my, my bestseller way back. We have changed the culture, and uh, I'm proud of it. So we brought um, robust debate to cable TV. That has largely disappeared, but it was there for more than 20 years. Now, if you watch cable news, it's, the same guests all the time, and they agree with the host all the time. Very rarely to get a shootout like me and Barney Frank, or me, of, uh, or, or me and Geraldo on the criminal alien situation. You remember those. If you don't, Google them. They're worth watching. But I wanted to hear the opposing point of view all the time, because I wanted to see if their argument was stronger than my argument, and the answer was usually no. It wasn't, <laughs> he says, with all humility. But the way we positioned the O'Reilly factor was we wanted to hear all points of view, even loopy points of view. Remember Code Pink? I mean, we had that woman on all the time. Just tell me what you want, lady. 
you know, and she would. And it was like, whoa. But now, as I said, you turn it on, it's like, okay, here's somebody who agrees with me 100%. All three of them do it. And you don't never hear see robust debate on the networks. It never happens. So we did change the culture. Unfortunately, it didn't last. But it could come back at any time. Somebody could say, you know, I'm going to do the factor format. I'm going to bring in robust debate. And I think those people would do very well. 